and we are live. Hey. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't leave me hanging here. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> I'm not the only one here. <laughs> Welcome back to the Content Swap Podcast, the podcast where we swap content and talk about it at the end of the week. You're joined by Parker and... Aaliyah. 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 She's here. Um, anyway, yeah, so uh, it's a new week. And uh, we've got new things to talk about. And we're in much better spirits than we and were last week. Yeah. I had a coffee today. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm energized. I've exercised. Um, it's 4 p.m., but I've got a lot of energy and I'm totally ready to do this. How about you? Yeah, I'm at a normal <laughs> feeling, I guess. All right. I'm pumped and you're at a normal. It's got the makings of a good podcast. As long as I'm not in a bad mood. Sweet. Then we're all good. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, I'm just checking that our audio levels are good, and yeah, looks great. Okay, so uh, what's new this week? Um, Daisy Jones and the Six came out. Yes, First three episodes. Yes, it We did. love it. We went to like a viewing party with my boss and some of my coworkers, mm-hmm. and we really enjoyed it. It's pr- pretty freaking close to the book. Yeah. So if you're not aware, Daisy Jones and the Six is a book that we covered in a podcast in mm-hmm. one of our first episodes. I think it was uh, Daisy Jones and the Six and the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was my first time reading the book. Yeah. You assigned it to me. Yeah. It's the only book that I actually reread like every year. Um, every year. Every year. Wow. Yeah. I'm, it's a great book. Yeah. I, I really like it. Yeah. Same. And, yeah. And just ex- no, like exactly as you said, the show that's coming out on Amazon Prime right now yeah. is it feels very faithful to the essence of the book. Yeah. Yeah. It actually has exceeded my expectations. I yeah. was really skeptical. I was skeptical first when I saw the casting because I was like, that's not really how I envisioned the characters. Yeah. But I was pleasantly surprised, and I'm really it's, enjoying them all. It's captured the essence of the characters with the mm-hmm. casting and the music and all that yeah. better than I envisioned it yeah. when, than when I read the book. Yeah, and it's moving through it pretty fast. Yeah, but like it doesn't feel like you're miss. It doesn't feel like they cut out stuff just to speed yeah. it along. Like it feels like you're still getting exactly what you needed from Ex- the story. Exactly. It seemed like it kind of cut out anything that wasn't necessarily important mm-hmm. uh for telling the story in a visual medium mm-hmm. and um yeah I, i'm actually quite excited because it seems like it's covered like half of the book yeah. already i'm like we're moving and it's fast. three episodes <laughs> out of 10 for this limited series so yeah. uh yeah it seems like they're gonna really you know jam-pack the the next seven episodes with you know expanding in the right places or at least i've yeah. been led to believe as yeah. a viewer that it's going to do justice in the right right spots. Yeah. They also came out with like an album, um, yeah. the Aurora album, and put it on Apple Music and Spotify and all that. And it's really good. <laughs> it, no, it, it is. Yeah. It is really good. It's like a modern day Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. In, essentially. I mean, it's it's trying to capture it's, it's a sound of like 50 years ago. Yeah. And it does a great job. Yeah, yeah, it does. Shouts out to the sound editors, mixers, producers, and performers yeah. of that album. They also, I found, um, because I was like, there's other music that's in the show that's not the Soror album. And they have each episode a whole playlist, like a whole playlist, I guess, of those songs. Um, 
And so I was able to download like all the, the all the music from the first three episodes. Oh, um, wow. And I've put it in like a in one playlist for that's just like Daisy Jones and the Six playlist. And so it includes not only the music from the Aurora album, but like Simone's music, uh, like every every song that gets played in the show. Even like soundtrack music, like you know, I think famous music that's already known or uh i think some of it's in there but like so like a lot of it is so, like the dunn brothers songs so this is like all original music i think so oh cool yeah but it's still a lot yeah that's yeah. that's a lot um for a, like a a show production to do yeah wow yeah that's impressive yeah I was like in that. the show is there is there any like soundtrack music well they put yeah. a lot of um Oh, who is it? Um, they, they play like just general yeah. music that you would know yeah, from that same time period. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Other like look, through. I haven't listened to it yet because I was listening to the Aurora album today, but yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> so right on. Uh, excited to keep watching Daisy Jones and the Six. Yeah. Episodes release on Fridays. What else is going on? What else is new this week? Attack on Titan is back. Attack on Titan is back, um, and they're still out here playing games. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we have watched, uh, I want to say, a third yeah. of this new episode that just came out, and it's it's the final season, part three. The real final. The real, yeah. It's like, <laughs> the yeah, actual it's the, real, final. the actual final part of the final season, but not actually, because... I know, because there's going to be another part. <laughs> there's Yeah, it's... So this third part, they're doing two episodes that are both an hour long, and they dropped the the first of these two episodes yesterday, and then they are not releasing the second one until the fall. So it's really Attack on Titan, the final season, part three, part one. <laughs> it's like, I love this show. But because of all this freaking, here's the final season. Just kidding. There's more. Just kidding. There's more. Just kidding. There's more. It's like, get it done with. I'm like, let's finish it. What? What is this? What is this? And like, it's such a complex show. Yeah. It's so hard to follow what all has happened because so much has happened. That and it's is, been a year since we've yeah. engaged with the story. It's like this is not the kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like this is not the kind of show where you can have these long hiatuses, these long breaks because then every time it's coming back, we got to watch a whole recap of the whole <laughs> show. And yeah. it's like we don't know what happened because there's too much. It's yeah. like just just put it out. Just put it out. You know, like this this uh, qualm as a fan with this show is not new, though. You know, the the I was telling you earlier the the first season of this came out in 2013, yeah, and then the second season didn't come out until like 2017. Like, yeah. fans of that original season, which is fantastic, uh, had to wait a very long time for the show to come back, which and then is, they got yeah. half a season for that season too. It's only like 13 episodes. Which is like why? Because at some point they start doing CGI stuff, right, to make it like an easier, quicker process. Kind of. I don't know if. Well, I mean, yeah. You, they, I think definitely part of that was to make it a little easier to animate. But um, they did a little bit of that in season three. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, season four, like the final season, which is done by a completely different animation studio, 
uh, I think all of the Titans are just CGI mm. to kind of speed up that animation process because that's those are by far the most complex yeah. artistically. So, like, what is the holdup? Uh, is still, I mean, it's being done by Studio Mappa, which is like the biggest anime studio right now known for fantastic animation and they are also working on Jujutsu Kaisen which they and, take forever too and they're also working on Chainsaw Man and this those are like three of the biggest animes yeah being all being handled by one studio yeah so I get it <laughs> they've I mean, just taken on yeah. a lot I guess I can't complain because I feel like this is what Marvel should be doing <laughs> it's like taking time to really craft their mm. products and not just throwing out a ton of stuff mm-hmm. in quick su- su- succession. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm like contradicting myself, but at the same time, I'm just like, how are we supposed to remember everything? And they don't do a recap. It's not like they're like previously on. <laughs> previously on Attack on Titan. It's just like boom and, into it. And yeah. you're like, wait, where are we? Who is yeah. that? What are we doing? Yeah. What happened? No, yeah. We had to watch a, a YouTuber's uh, recap. Yeah. Which is funny because we watched that guy's recap. And I think last year, once we finished the uh, those episodes, I think we watched that we, same yeah. recap. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because I... No, it was, it was before the final season started that we watched the recap so we watched uh For, that final same part guy's two. other recap yeah uh, we watched we watched a full we watched a recap of the whole show yeah, because i yeah. was like it's been so long i don't know how we even got here yeah no and we it, yeah what i'm saying is we watched this guy's recap that he put together after the end of the final season part two yeah. and he says in that video like oh uh you know, this is just to recap what happened, but also, yeah. you know, you might be watching this before final s- season part three comes out in 2023. Yeah. So, you know, uh, enjoy. And I feel yeah. like we actually uh, <laughs> like watched it in both instances. Yeah. The video is by this guy, Sage Arts, I Honestly, believe. So go Mappa check that needs, out. If yeah. You, you know. And Mappa needs to pay him because he's <laughs> yeah. saving all of us. Like we're all, I know for a fact, every single one of us is going to his videos to be like, Bro, tell us what happened. Yeah, I mean, there's a few videos by a few YouTubers. That's just the one that we. But his is good. His is concise. He's like, he's like, this is what you need to know. Don't worry about all this other stuff. Boom, there you go. Yeah, enjoy. Well, well, I think once this show is all said and done, um, if it ever is, no. (laughs) Once it's finally over, the whole thing will you know stand the test of time as being a great show yeah. and it was all very well done and yeah you know it'll all have been worth yes. it in the yes. end but For yeah sure. by far the least conventional release schedule of anything i have ever experienced i swear if when this thing finishes if immediately after jujutsu kaisen season two is not dropped i'm screaming i'm going to mop it myself okay <laughs> I don't think Jujutsu Kaisen season two is coming out this year. Uh, they just did Chainsaw Man, and now they're doing this. All right, well and they Jujutsu have Jujutsu Kaisen got a movie last year. All right, well January. All right, I think yeah, come put it Janu- out. Okay, all right, yeah, January we will. I feel good about Jujutsu Kaisen <laughs> season two will either have been released or we will know when it's going to be released. 
by then. I need it. There could be a release date right now, and it's like July or something, and we just don't know because we haven't been tapped into the news. I on, know for anime in a, I, quite some time. I know. I love Jujutsu Kaisen. I think that's what I'm waiting for because I've been in an anime rut and just like nothing has really stuck with me, and I haven't like really been keeping up with anything. And I think it's because all I want is Jujutsu Kaisen. I'm like, I want season two. And I'm not getting it. And so then I'm just like, pause on anime. <laughs> yeah, I, I have not, I haven't been as into anime lately for different reasons. Mine yeah. being like, I'm, yeah, I'm not getting as much entertainment value out of like the new stuff. And I think there's just because there's so much old stuff that mm. I think is really good that I still want to show you. Like there's still so many anime out there that I haven't uh, shown you yet yeah. that I'm like, I'm, I'm more excited about watching stuff I've already watched mm. than watching something new. And on top of that, I'm watching One Piece, which is just an infinite, uh, just <laughs> infinite <laughs> show. It just... You're literally going to be a, watching that till the day you die. Like, as soon as you finish the very last episode, you're going to be like, I finished, and then, like, <laughs> die. <laughs> okay. Uh, for those that don't know, One Piece first came out at the in the late '90s. Like it's been, it has been consistently coming out since the late '90s, and it is a thousand episodes plus. I am. You're crazy. I think I'm at episode 560 something. And honestly, like once you make it that far into something, like you, you just gotta run through it. You just gotta dedicate a, like a fraction of your life to finishing <laughs> that that thing. Um, because I am, I am deep. You're into deep. I'm so deep. I'm so deep into it. It's a whole world. It keeps getting bigger. The more I watch it and it slaps, like I love it. It's so good. (laughs) The, the emotional payoffs that you get from a show that you have put that much time into just hit so different compared to a show that's trying to do an emotional payoff in like three episodes, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh yeah, that was good. Uh, wow. But when one piece is doing it, you're like, Oh, cause it's like, you know, a whole month of your time was leading up to this moment. And now it's, it's happening and you are, you're invested, you're excited and it's fantastic. Um, so, and it, and it does a great job of, building out the world and teasing things and then paying those things off way later and you just going like oh my, oh my gosh that whoa what's happening it's great anyway um so yeah new shows like chainsaw man uh aren't really quite hitting like that yeah. and that's why I, I watched the first episode of chainsaw man was like all right i'll watch it but i'm not in a rush yeah yeah fair yeah, uh, speaking of Marvel as well, we did see Ant-Man <laughs> and the Wasp Quantumania last week. This is a big intro section, but I, I feel like there's a lot fun. of good stuff to talk yeah. about. Yeah, um, It's like a bonus episode at the beginning of an episode. Yeah. Uh, so we saw Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. What'd you think of that? Eh. Yeah. It's eh. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. Meh. It was what it was. What more can be said? Um, yeah, there's like nothing else to say about it. It's... Yeah, I mean, the Marvel stuff just hasn't been exciting since the last, I don't know, two years. Has it? Yeah. Has, like, 
there'll there'll be standouts like WandaVision or Spider-Man, No Way yeah, Home, Black Panther, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Um, but outside of that, <sighs> yeah. But at least we're getting one good thing a year. <laughs> you know? I guess. I guess. <sighs> but I mean, what do we have coming? Guardians 3 comes out this year. I am actually quite excited about that. I think mm. that will be good because Guardians is, you know, they're, they're kind of contained in their own space. And they have defined that space well. And, uh, you know it's been they've they've been like building up the building blocks to tell the stories that they are telling in their you know part of the MCU mm-hmm. whereas Ant-Man you know we didn't know what Ant-Man the next Ant-Man was going to be about <laughs> yeah. uh, and they're like yeah it's Kang and we're like okay and we're going into <laughs> and we're going into the quantum realm cool <laughs> throw all the CGI at it but make us just not care um, yeah. and that's the movie yeah <laughs> yeah it was rough yeah i'm I, i've been thinking about this and this is just I'm, I'm getting into a little tangent here but i feel like they changed the way ant-man's powers work in, i mean he doesn't really have powers but they they changed the way his like technology or like his fighting style works in this movie uh, um, so? well because in this in ant-man and the wasp quantum mania they um I'll just call it Ant-Man 3 from now on. <laughs> but uh This was the third one? Yeah. It was Ant Man. The second one. Exactly. Um <laughs> It was Ant Man. That was when he and first then, got big, right? In the second one? Yeah, yeah. It was Ant Man and then Ant Man and the Wasp. I think technically he first got big in Civil Captain War. America Civil War. Yeah. yeah. Um so it was yeah, Ant Man, Ant Man and the Wasp, and then Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um so in Ant Man three the he's talking to his daughter about like how to use the like shrinking technology and like how to fight people and mm-hmm. he's like yeah you shrink and then you get big again and punch him and then get you know then then you shrink again mm-hmm. um but i feel like in the other ant-man movies it's like yeah he just shrinks and he becomes super strong when he mm. shrinks and he just punches people as a small person. Mm. So people are just getting like invisibly hit and stuff. And oh, yeah. that's like really fun and entertaining. Yeah. Whereas in this, it was like, no, you shrink and then you quickly get up and you punch them and then you get small again. And it's like, what? That's not, that's not what I remember. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really remember the Ant-Mans to like be able to for sure confirm that. But I feel like I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and Luis wasn't in this one. I know. He's the only good part of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, overall. I just can't get over it. Like, I think Kang is such an interesting villain. And I think he, his threat level is like 10 times scarier than Thanos, in my own opinion. Um, because he's messing with like time and things and timelines. And that's really, really scary. And he seems really powerful. But like. I mean, I don't want to spoil the movie. No, I mean, yeah, you don't have to spoil it. But like, I feel like, I feel like the events that happened just like didn't equate with how, like, with Kang, like with how strong he is, and like it didn't make sense. It didn't seem plausible. Which, like, of course, it's like a you know a superhero movie. Like, what's plausible? Anything can happen. But like, I don't know. It just like the math wasn't mathing for me, and I was just like. 
what there's no way the point of this movie was to like fully introduce kang as a villain in like a marvel movie because they did technically introduce him at the end of loki season one yeah um but i'm sure there's people that didn't watch loki season one that just watched the movies and so it's like it's it's really introducing him as like you know hey he was the villain of this movie he is like the new threat now whoa um but i feel like but the the events of this movie ultimately felt inconsequential yeah to anything and i'm like you could have there's so much you could have done with king in that introduction that would have made people be like oh my gosh like he's going to mess everybody up like he's yeah. going to wreak havoc <laughs> i've been hey. told that it's not wreck havoc yeah it's you've been saying havoc. wreck havoc and i have not been correcting you but uh it's been sounding dumb been wreaking havoc i know i know it just doesn't feel right it sounds weird um i don't even know what i was saying um i feel like they could have really shown like he's a super super big threat and yeah. like really made us invested but because they didn't give what i was like wanting out of that i was like okay yeah all i seem to really understand about kang is that he is this guy who uh there's a lot of him i mean there's a lot of everybody because of the multiverse <laughs> but all of him seem to be like quite aware of all of each other yeah and are like buds i guess um <laughs> so stupid and he has a suit that he can shoot laser beams out of his hands and that's all i know about him yeah (laughs) after watching this movie like he he shoots laser beams out of his hands yeah it just all felt dumb and pointless yeah yep but that being said good segue he's played by jonathan majors and jonathan majors is in creed 3 which we're gonna go watch after we record this podcast i'm dragging you too <laughs> no i'm excited i've seen every creed movie really? in a theater okay so i, I cannot wait i actually am looking forward to that. i'm looking forward to this much more than i was ant-man because this yeah. looks like it'll actually be a fun and entertaining time at the movie yeah theater. i mean i'm sure it will follow the typical you know rocky creed formula but um <laughs> jonathan majors like thing <laughs> this one love him this one is the first movie in the rocky creed universe that rocky is actually not going to be in that's fine Did yeah we no need him? i mean it is, no, i'm not saying we need him i'm just pointing it out yeah um yeah, yeah. it was time for him to go on yeah uh, and like all the other movies like in the other creed movies he's just like <laughs> i what? love your impression yeah, yeah. Of him. Like, you gotta know when you've been hit before you can get back up again or something like that or I like love when you do that i think in the in the trailer for creed 2 <laughs> when they're talking about uh like the drago's son yeah. or no, they're talking he's talking about drago and his fight with him in rocky 4 and he's like that man broke things in me that ain't ever been fixed again <laughs> they ain't ever been broke before um <laughs> And it's like, yeah, nah, so I'm, 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 yeah, I'm cool with the, him just phasing Passing out a little the bit. Torch. Yeah, we don't need him in this. He he wouldn't add anything to yeah. it. New generation. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I well, I'm interested to see if it does follow the typical like formula. Um. 
I don't know. I think it is. I think there is the added layer of the fact that like this is somebody from Adonis's childhood, and yeah, they had like the same upbringing, but kind of went down different paths and things like that. But you know, at the end of the day, there's gonna be a big fight. I'm sure. And I mean, it's <laughs> we have our main character, and yeah. then we introduce who he's gonna fight. We build yeah. up their story. There's a you know, there's a literal storyline that like. You know, boxing matches also try to build up yeah. in real life. And, yeah. you know, this is like that, but like very real, like childhood friend, different paths. Yeah. Big, strong guys. They have a fight at the end, you know. I'm like, how is Michael B. Jordan going to win this thing? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, somebody. Jonathan Majors is massive. I got a feeling somebody Woo. in this movie is going to perish. I don't think it's going to be one of them. I mean, who would it be? I don't think it's going to be one of them, but I, I based on the trailer, I have a theory of a character who's going to uh, mm. bite the dust. Maybe. I mean, maybe like Tessa Thompson and it's like Adrian, you know? No, I think she How did Adrian die? She just like got sick. Did she get sick? Uh, she, she, dies, she died? She dies off screen, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. She just, they got old. Mm. Because they did, they did Rocky's one through five and then they did rocky balboa which was rocky six and that was in like 2006 mm. and that was you know it had been like 15 years or something since the mm. last rocky movie and you know rocky's like standing in front of a grave he's like oh i miss you adrian adrian um yep gotcha well i don't know but i'm just here to see jonathan majors yeah <laughs> i want to see a part in the fight where uh, Michael B. Jordan is struggling, and then he thinks about Rocky, and Rocky goes, <laughs> "You gotta know when you've been hit, till you can get back up again." And if then he happens, gets up again, and he hits him. If that, <laughs> if you predict that correctly, I will laugh so hard in the theater. <laughs> and people are gonna be like, "Why is she laughing?" <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be good. Oh my gosh. Anyway, um, we so, should probably get into our content. Yeah, that's what that's what we've, what's been going I know. on. There's been a lot of new things out, things that we're picking back up. Just started you again. Yep. Oh um, yeah, the new season of you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm almost done with Fire Emblem. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, a lot going on. Maybe we'll maybe we should do a bonus episode of just like talking about the things we've been keeping up with. Yep. Starting. Yep. Um, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it feels like a lot of things are like closing and a lot of things are starting up again. Yeah. I Mandalorian season three. Not that you're watching it, but like, you know, oh. that's going on and that's yeah. exciting. Last of Us I is probably wrapping up. So. Last of Us, great show. Don't yeah. have time to talk about it right now, but yeah. so, check it out if you haven't. Yeah, we should consider doing that. Yeah. All right. Well then time to get into our assignments. Yep. So <clears throat> for this week. I was given a movie that was released in 2000 um, starring Tyra Banks and Lindsay Lohan called Life Size. Um, quick note about Life Size. Very difficult to find the existence of this movie. It, it is has hard literally to find... been wiped from memory. Yeah. <laughs> it is hard to find a record that this movie even happened. I know. They're like, trying to gaslight us. They're like, you didn't see anything. It... <laughs> I, so I think I think what happened is that IMDb made a change to their user experience recently that incorporates like you know episodes of things in a more significant way. Like I was looking at pictures of an actor earlier today mm -hmm. and usually like when you when you scroll through the pictures of the actors it'll show you 
the name of the movie that that thing was what that like screenshot is from Mm -hmm. um and today i saw a picture of an actor and instead of showing a screenshot of where that thing was from or sorry instead of saying what thing that was from it said what episode from the thing that that was from Mm. and so i was like what it was like it was really confusing because Eventually, I did find the listing for this movie on IMDb, but mm-hmm. it was listed as like the Wonderful World of Disney I can season that. three, episode seventeen or something. Episode eight. Episode eight. Yeah, and I can explain why that's the thing. Could you please? Yeah. Like, you want to do um, it right now? <laughs> yes. So this movie was made specifically for television. Right. And so this thing called the Wonderful World of Disney. Was is basically like this umbrella term for this time slot that Disney would have on ABC. Okay. Um, and in that time slot, they could put Disney content. So they would put Disney original movies, um, some of their animated movies. So like the wonderful and there's a big history to this time slot, and it's been named different things, and it's been on different television networks. Like it started off um, on ABC, but then there was like a downfall or uh, something that happened between ABC and Disney. And so then it moved over to like NBC. Sometimes it's been on CBS. They bring it back to ABC. They bring it back to CBS, things like that. Is it always the wonderful world of Disney? Is no, it just so they've about called it, that time slot? It's, uh, they've called it different things, but essentially it's all the same concept. It's like a time slot in which Disney can put content on this network and it's Disney content. Um, and so what would be an example of like, you know, Wonderful World of Disney, uh, season three, episode seven. You know? I, so I don't, this is what I don't know. I don't know why it's called like seasons and episode. Like, I don't know why they're labeling it like that. Um, but basically, so like in this, in the nineties, um, which is when the Wonderful World of Disney started mm-hmm. on ABC, they had just acquired ABC. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the very first thing they aired was Toy Story for the first time on TV um okay yeah on abc um then like movies like life size were put on abc also direct to video movies were sometimes put on the um the channel and the time what was in this time slot before they took over was america's funniest home videos which is like okay well yeah yeah so so that was it and then they pushed that to a different time and then dedicated this time to disney stuff okay well that's incredibly confusing it's and like reading it because i there's i was on the wiki page and the history was so long of like what it was called where it was what got put on on um tv like the parent trap was a movie that like had gotten put on tv for the first time in this like wonderful world of disney but like in a different time period and also it left and came back so like it's like from 1950 something 56 to 1959 it was on this network and it was called this and it did this thing. And okay. then from 1990 something to this time, it like, and then it disappeared and then they brought it back. And like, it's, it's so confusing. All right. Well, it's a really confusing way to archive things, especially <laughs> on uh, IMDb. Like that yeah. makes me feel like I'm not going to be able to find the parent trap if I look up the parent <laughs> trap. Like I looked, yeah. up, I looked up life size on IMDb search. It does you not come up. Find you can't it. find it. You yeah. have to go. You have to go to Wonderful World of Disney and then go to the episode called Life yeah. Size, and that's where the information is. Yeah, they which would, is yeah, yeah. That's just baffling to me. Yeah, they would also put Disney specials on in this time slot. 
Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so it's weird. I don't know. All right. Well, what a way to kick this off. Um, so if that doesn't speak to, I guess, the uh, the the essence of the uh, the production quality <laughs> of this movie, then I don't know what does. Yeah, it is. I didn't realize how obscure it was. Yeah. I was like, I used to watch this thing on a regular. Yeah. Um, okay, well, so what's the movie actually about? So, as I said, it stars Tyra Banks and Lindsay Lohan. So, the movie opens up. I, I am, I, I think I am planning on just going through all of my notes, which are the events of the movie. But it's, you know, it's a short movie. I don't think this will be too much. And I think my commentary has some, some fun flavor to it. So, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go for it. Um, so the movie opens up with this Eve commercial. And Eve is a, Barbie doll. Well, it's it's like a Barbie doll, but it's like a doll of color. And she is this like doll that does everything exactly like Barbie. And um so it's it opens with this commercial and then it shows these girls who are like going to go, you know, buy something uh, on the street and they see an Eve doll in the window of the store. And this little girl's like, I don't want a doll. I want something with microchips. <laughs> Which, if that isn't the most late 90s, early 2000s thing a kid could ever say, I don't know what I is. I want technology. Yeah. I need something. Yeah. I microchips in it. Yeah. I need to go surf the web. This isn't cool anymore, Barbie. Um, so... Lindsay Lohan plays a character named Casey. She's uh, she's about thirteen. She's in the seventh grade. She's about thirteen years old. Uh, she's on the football team at her school, and her father keeps uh, missing the football game again and again. Uh, her father is Ben. He's a single dad, and he works as a lawyer, mm-hmm. I believe. And he's working really hard right now to become partner at his firm. And that is something that is very important to him. So important that he has to continually miss her games. Um, So uh, Casey, she... Uh, her, her mom passed away when she was younger and she is very obsessed with this idea of bringing her mom back to life so much so uh, to the point where she's on this like sketchy website that is <laughs> definitively a website that you would see in the year 2000 mm-hmm. um, and she says like you know, oh, I'm just surfing uh, to her dad <laughs> but she's she's looking up this sketchy witch book on this website and uh, she she really wants to get this witch book because it's like it's got spells in it, and maybe one of those spells could potentially bring her mom back to life. So she goes to the store where this is uh, located, and uh, where they have a copy of it. And these girls that she used to hang out with before her mom passed away. Oh wait, I'm remembering now. Her mom passed away two years prior. Mm-hmm. To the events of the movie. So uh, these girls who she used to hang out with prior to her mom passing away are like, oh, there's the loner. Like, why doesn't she hang out with us anymore? Her mom died two years ago. Like, get over it Which already. Which is like, they're the worst friends <laughs> ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, like, that's that's bad. <laughs> um, so she goes to the store where this witch book is located and she realizes that it's $150. She doesn't have that kind of money. So she just steals it and she like leaves an IOU and it's much money as she has. And then she goes to her dad and she's like, look dad, I have a magic book that could potentially bring mom back to life. 
let me try it. And he's like, I don't want to hear any of this nonsense. <laughs> She's gone. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. Um, he's like, he hasn't, he's still grieving. And so his like way of handling it when she wants to talk about their mom, her mom, their mom, her mom, he's like, no, he like shuts down. He's like, I don't want to talk about her. I don't want like, we can't, we can't have this conversation. Yes. Meanwhile, at his law firm, he has a coworker named Drew, uh, who is a woman that's been working there for about six months. And she, when, when we are introduced to him, he is like in a meeting with her and she's like, oh, you know, like, let me make you and your daughter dinner at my place. And <laughs> it's like, whoa, she's just going for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, props to her for right. being so forward. <laughs> and, uh, you know, later after the dad shuts down this whole witch book idea, uh, they celebrate Casey's birthday together. And, you know, he's got the video recorder and mm-hmm. everything, the big cake. And then Drew shows up at their house, and Drew, I, I'm just like, he, she is, she's down bad. Yes. I'm like, girl, relax. <laughs> Leave this man alone for one night. Um, so she gives Casey an Eve doll and talks about how it's a collector's item and that, you know, every, every Eve is a one of a kind and... Yada yada yada. They all have a serial number, serial on, number the on their foot. Bottom of the right foot. And so while Drew like Drew gives this to her and she's Casey is like, whatever, I don't want this. This is dumb. She's probably thinking it doesn't have microchips in it. Uh, <laughs> so whatever. Um and she goes to her room and Drew is still there. And Casey, with her witch book, makes a pentagram in her room and starts like reading the spell and kind of collecting things that she needs for the spell. And then Drew comes into the room and she just starts touching things. <laughs> um, she, she like notices that Casey has these trophies from like football and stuff. And she like immediately goes like, Oh wow, look at how many trophies you have touches it. And then like knocks a football over and like stuff just starts kind of falling. And Casey's like, stop touching my things. And wait, did you say that? Um, I'm, I'm gonna, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, and let's see. What are you talking about? How like Eve, she, like Casey put the Eve doll kind of. She just kind of like set her down somewhere, and then when Drew knocks everything over, she's like, uh, and she kind of like Casey leaves the room, which was not really clear, but um, or maybe I'm just forgetting. And Drew notices the Eve doll that she just gifted, and is like, oh, like you know look at you and she like picks up a comb and she like combs uh eve's hair and i think it was like her mom like casey's mom's comb that was going to be used for the spell so did you yeah did you mention so casey had already started the spell before um drew came in and so she had like the like pentagram put out and like all the things she needed including her mom's brush because she needed something that had like her mom's or something of her mom's yeah Yeah. um and so then drew that's when drew comes in she knocks everything over um and then casey grabs the stuff 
the like pentagram stuff that she had, but not oh, her mom's yeah, brush yeah. and walks to the bathroom. <clears throat> and then that's when she takes the mom's brush. Drew takes the mom's brush, brushes the hair. And brushes then, the hair. Yeah. And then uh, I guess that uh, throws uh, things off with the, uh, <laughs> with the spell there to bring her mom back to life. So, you know, Drew leaves, uh, Casey goes to bed and she wakes up and t- because uh, the Eve hair was on the brush, Eve has now come to life as a grown human being. And she is played by none other than Tyra Banks, like the world's most famous supermodel of the year 2000. And she can't walk. She's excited about human things and stuff, you know, like general, like what you would expect from this plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Casey's all freaking out. She's like, oh my gosh, my dog came to life. Like, we can't have this. My dad can't see you. He, d- he can't know about you. This is bad. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. I got to take you back or like, I got to turn you back into a doll again. Ay, ay, ay. And uh, so... Uh, yeah, they they go to the bookstore. I, I, I noted down like you know Tyra can't really act, but it's fine because that's kind of part of the character. Yeah, know? yeah. And also just like for context, so I think with the spell, it's like you have three days or something right. to reverse it, otherwise it becomes permanent. Um, and so like they quickly need to figure out the solution. And I think. I think Casey's trying to like see if she can reverse it and then do it again for her mom or something. Well, know. no, it's is like it just, it's, she's, she's like, no, I, I missed my shot. I can only do this once. Oh, yeah, yeah. But in order to do the like reversing it spell, she needs volume two of the witch book. Mm-hmm. And she looks online, you know, surfing the web and stuff and sees that the volume two book of awakenings is uh not in the store right now um or it's not it's not available online and she's like well we got to go to the store and see if we can find it there and so the owner of the bookstore like basically knows that casey stole the book so she tells eve to go into the store for her and you know all in that scene eve is like noticing things on the street like wow look at that wow look at that Ooh, she's, roses. Like, I can smell. she's like smelling things and stuff and so she's like yeah i need you to go into the store for me and uh she's like hey do you have volume two book of awakenings and the guy's like oh i never got that one and uh you know i had volume one but this girl stole it yesterday and she's like oh who, i know who that is look, she's right there outside. <laughs> and it's like, hey, whoa. Um, and Casey like runs away and she's like, ah. And she falls in the middle of the street because, you know, every time a character in a movie runs into the street, they have to then fall. Uh, <laughs> and Eve goes to like get her and there's a truck coming and she just puts her hand up <laughs> and the the truck stops. I, that used to be one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like she has superpowers or anything. She's just like, yeah, <laughs> puts her hand up and she's just dedicated to yeah. like, I'm not getting this girl up and getting out of here. The truck is stopping and that's how we're going to solve the situation. Yep. And that's how it gets solved. And so uh, Casey's dad also had found the book and returned it to the bookstore. So that's, you know, I guess that's resolved. That would explain why the bookstore owner is not, you know, hounding her down still. Uh, But 
Casey's dad notices all this go down and he's talking to Eve and he's like, wow, thank you. Like, how can we repay you? Uh, and I guess like Casey, Casey's like passed out. Well, Eve like tells the dad, she's like, oh, you're really like, Eve's like, you're really handsome. Like, you're such a sweet man. And I think Casey's just like, what is going on? And then like passes out. <laughs> it's just so much. She just almost died. This doll is to life and hitting on her dad. <laughs> so this poor 13 year old girl is so stressed out that she passes out, which sounds like a serious problem. Um, anyway, yeah. they, so, um, you know, Eve is like, Oh, I used to be a police officer in Sunnyvale. And Sunnyvale it apparently is a place, you know, she's, that's the place where the Eve doll is from. And she says it's in the middle of America. And uh, Sunnyvale actually is the name of a town in the Bay Area of California. That was a fact on one of the places that I looked for facts. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it was like a neighboring town from where I grew up. So, you know, they were talking about Sunnyvale. And I'm like, oh, that, no, I mean, it's a real place, but it's not in the middle of America. Um. So, yeah, I guess Casey passes out. She wakes up. She's in her living room, and her dad's there, and Eve is there. And he's like, yeah, this kind woman, Eve, like, you know, she's so nice. She came with us to our house because she also apparently used to be a doctor <laughs> or something like that. The dad is so dumb. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how would you not be so suspicious? This woman just told you she's a police officer and a doctor. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, Eve's whole thing is that she can do everything. She's like Barbie, mm -hmm. you know, she's a police officer. She's an astronaut. She's a doctor. <laughs> she's, you know, she's probably fences or something, you know, like she can do it all. So uh he's like how can we repay you and she's like let's go to the mall <laughs> and um and I, I i guess uh can you explain to me what like what why okay like when they go to the mall they all go together which is already weird enough but then she like sees clothes and she's like oh I really want to buy this, but I don't have any of my credit cards. Mm -hmm. And then the dad is like, oh, let me, <clears throat> like, he's like, I'll buy it all for you. This is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> the, the dad is like, you know, given your situation, like, why don't we put it on yeah. my credit card and I'll, you'll just pay me back when you get yours. And given that you don't have a place to stay, you can come stay with us in our pool house. So could you explain to me like what, at what point did she kind of clarify like she didn't have a place to stay? Yeah, it's a point where they're they're just walking. I think they're I don't know, I don't remember exactly where they were, but they're walking and she's like, "Oh, I don't have any of my stuff. Like all of my clothes are back home and like I don't even know where I'm going to go." I think they're in the mall, but they just haven't stopped at the clothing okay. store. And she's like, "I don't have any things. I don't even know." And he 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 says something like, "Oh, well, where, like, where are you going to, like, where are you going? And then she's like, I don't know. I don't even have a place to stay. Like, I just, I got to figure it all out. And then. I'd have a million and yeah. one questions for this woman. I'd be like, how did I you know. get here? What? Yeah. Anyway, he doesn't seem concerned with that. He's just like, hey, pretty woman needs a place to stay and needs a sugar <laughs> daddy like, to buy her clothes I'll, for her. He's <laughs> like, I'll just put on my credit card and you can just pay me back and get your stuff. I'm like, sir. <laughs> <laughs> why are you not worried <laughs> yeah so yeah he offers to buy all her clothes and give her a place to stay all in one sentence and then, no hesitation yeah 
And then, you know, of course, like, then Tyra Banks gets to have this whole, like, dress-up scene where it's a montage of, like, you know, she's trying on all these different outfits. and Which are, like, some of my favorite scenes. I love a good shopping yeah, montage. Fun. Fun. The one in Aquamarine, peak entertainment. Um, <laughs> but, like, before they even have that scene, uh, and they don't really clarify this, but uh, Eve is like, oh, Casey, I need you to dress me because Eve has never dressed herself. And then she's like, and then it transitions into the montage. So am I just supposed to believe that Lindsay Lohan was just dressing Tyra Banks throughout this whole montage? No. Because that's weird. Because Casey was like, no, I'm not doing that. Well, she gets into these outfits perfectly. And then the dad is like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Um... And he just, yeah, he just buys all of it for her. And then they go to an Italian restaurant and she's like, wow, real food. And he's like, yeah, I love this place. Cause they sell like real Italian it's like it's food. Authentic. He's authentic. <laughs> yeah. It's authentic. And she's, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's just gaslighting himself constantly. And, um, and the, I don't know how they get into this, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe she's, talking to him saying like oh you're the most interesting man and um what do you do or something i don't know he basically says like i need a secretary and she's like oh i'm a great secretary <laughs> and he's like oh you're a secretary well i could use some help at work tomorrow if you want to come in and be a temp for me for a day and you know she's like yeah and i'm a great secretary eve can do everything and <laughs> She speaks in the third person a lot. Um, but then she says, I, and, you know, I can do everything and all that, but in actuality, like, I just want to help girls. Um, and he's like, my wife believed that. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, my wife really believed in that cause as well. Just, just the helping girls. Of, of girls. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, "You, you married?" And, she's, <laughs> and he's like, hmm. "Yeah, you got a man." And then she's, are you looking for one? <laughs> I can be that man. She's like, "No, but I look awesome in a wedding dress." But you're the most interesting man I've ever met. That's when she says it. Um. And then uh, I guess you know they go home. She's staying in the uh, she's staying in the guest house, which I guess was also her mom's uh, Casey's mom's special place where she would like do art and stuff. But Eve is just like alone in the pool house watching TV, and she's like pressing the remote in a very like weird way because you know she's a doll. She was she born today. Um, <laughs> yeah. And. She then she starts watching the shopping channel and she gets all excited, which I don't know if that sends the right message to girls, but um, we can get into that later. But mm-hmm. um, she Casey then proceeds to tell her dad that Eve is a doll and that she brought her to life using that weird witch book. And her dad is not having it. He's like, no, you're not. Gonna, what? I, you can't tell me that you turned a doll into a person. Obviously, that's absurd. And also, no shade to the witch community. Yeah. I love the occult. It's oh, great. D- I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't trying to throw shade at the witch community. It's just the way this movie 
plays with, around yeah. with things. It's yeah. it's a plot device to turn a doll mm-hmm. real. So that's mm-hmm. um, I'm speaking of it in that manner, <laughs> uh, in that context. So um, yeah, he continues to gaslight himself, and then uh, they go to his office the next day, and she gets a job there uh, for the day, and. She just starts to click, click, click away on the keyboard, doing nothing. And there are important files on the computer, and she just starts deleting them immediately, just flat out. And um, Richie, his coworker, notices that, and he's like, oh, maybe we should restore those. I think they're going to want those. But he's like, hey, she's kind of pretty, so he's going to talk to her. And... Then Casey's dad is like, hey, Eve, I need something in my office. And then Eve notices while she's in his office that his neck hurts. So she starts giving him a massage. And he's like, oh, don't tell me you used to be a masseuse too. And she's like, a massage therapist. (laughs) And she is, you know, just giving him a little massage. And then Drew, the coworker who's thirsty for the dad, walks in. And she's like, what's going on here? And then uh, Eve goes, she leaves, she starts typing away, and then she's like in a room where there's like a shredder and important documents, and she just starts shredding everything. And she's like, recycling is super important for the planet. (laughs) And one of the workers there is this woman who's like in a suit, and she looks very like all business. And she's like, what are you doing? Oh my gosh, like, we can't have this. And then she is going to call security on Eve, but then Eve is like, I don't know, so they have a conversation, and this woman is basically, Helen is her name, Helen is like, look at you, you're so pretty, you can get by with a wink and a smile or something, and then um, she's like, I can't even get this man in the office to notice me, and then Eve is immediately like, well, let's take care of that. She whips out some makeup, and she goes, whoosh, 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 and this woman turns into like a completely new actress. Which, Did you like, confirm if it was a new actress? Or I not? tried to look. I th- I mean I think it was the same woman. Okay. I think it was just the way it looked. Um, but also speaking of just whipping out makeup, why would she have like makeup for a white woman just like handy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's like, how did she, I mean, maybe she didn't do like foundation and stuff, you know, she could have just done her eyeshadow or whatever, but it was just like, well, how did she have that makeup handy just to do a makeup, like a makeover in the moment? Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, basically like they're having a work party that night. And so Richie, the coworker, uh, invites, you know, he's, he invites Eve to go to, the uh that work party because the dad's like you know i'm not dating her it's whatever she's just my temp for the day but she's also like you know i also bought her a bunch of clothes and she's staying in my pool he house loves her. yeah <laughs> which is weird but anyway um and you know like in between that scene and the scene where they actually have this work party casey finds out that every eve doll has a code of authenticity and that she can prove that eve is a doll by going up to Eve and when Eve's getting ready for this party and she finds the code on the bottom of her foot, which doesn't really like come back as like a necessary plot point, but you know, it's, it's there. It does at the end. In what way? Um, because when Casey and the dad like run to go find Eve. Oh, I guess she and shows then she's it. like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah right. We'll get to that. My, yeah. We'll get to that. Thank you. 
Um, you're right. You're right. My bad. <laughs> um, so they go to the work party. She's there with Richie, and she looks amazing in this dress. And um, and then the dad is there clearly with Drew. I, I wrote down, I think it's safe to say that the dad is dating Drew because he, they are just like attached at the hip at this work party and just at work. And even outside of the office, she comes over to his house with a doll to give to his daughter. So I, it's safe to say that they are dating, but they don't know it anyway. <laughs> but he's also like falling in love with Eve because like, you know, how, how couldn't he? Um, yeah. And uh, she, let's see. Well, the dad like recognizes that Drew's trying to like pursue him. Because yeah. at the very beginning of the movie, uh, Richie is like, Drew is all over you, man. And then yeah. he's like, I'm just not ready. Like, I'm still grieving. I'm not ready. And so then it's like, okay. All right. Well, there's this whole there's this whole part where I predicted exactly how this was going to go. Um, Eve is talking with Richie, and then Richie notices this couple, and he's like, oh, it's Mr. and Mrs. Boring. And then they walk up to <laughs> them to have a conversation, and Eve is like, hello, Mr. and Mrs. Boring. And it's like, oh, yeah, I saw that one coming. And they're like, oh, what do you do? And she's like, well, it depends on what outfit I'm wearing. Uh, <laughs> Which is like a really funny line. <laughs> it's like, that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was a good line. I did like that. And then Eve and Casey's dad go to then dance. And... Um, it's an intimate dance. It is a too. very intimate dance. And then afterwards, Richie says to Eve, like, hey, we should get out of here. And she slaps him and she's like, You were being forward. And he's like, he like has this whole reflection moment. And he's like, Wow. Yeah, you're right. I was being forward. I'm sorry. And then he like realizes that he doesn't have to be mm-hmm. like bad to women. Um Yeah. Eve calls him out. She she's calls like, him out. Yeah. You don't have to do all this stuff that you're doing yeah and like you're fine just be yourself just yeah be she's nice. like just be yourself and you're handsome and he's like wow that's like the best thing a woman has ever said to me in my entire life <laughs> i'm a new man <laughs> yep and then she decides that she's gonna sing a song and she sings the eve song yeah. which is the song that's like shine bright shine far don't be shy be a star shine bright <laughs> i'm doing the dance <laughs> so yeah yeah, and it's basically that and the whole office gets lit (laughs) (laughs) um they go hard for this song everybody's dancing everybody's stoked it's like all the partners are you know dancing and just woo Mm -hmm. everybody's fired up um and then let's see. Oh, and then Helen is there with her like makeover that Eve had given her, and Richie notices her. Ooh. Um. <laughs> anyway, back to the main plot. So Ben takes Eve back home, and there's like some sparks between them, despite if like nothing of factual substance being there. But um, Casey notices that they are about to kiss, and she is like dad how could you um but she like never spoke up about drew when like drew was coming over and spending all this time with her dad so like what up uh <laughs> we were watching it i was like casey's racist <laughs> and you were like oh <laughs> like, yeah, i was just kidding suddenly a double standard for eve i don't know i was like i was kidding 
But like, hmm, interesting observation. Realistically, I think that was just like poor yeah. writing on yeah, the writer's part. For sure. Um, but I uh, did not call her racist. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, Casey pulls out the, like, you know, d- dad goes to console her, and Casey pulls out the whole, like, go away, I hate you uh, card. Whoosh. And then uh, Casey gets mean during her football practice the next day. She calls another kid a wiener head. And... <laughs> <laughs> Poor kid. But then Eve shows up to her practice, and they have, like, a nice conversation. And um, meanwhile, at work for uh, Casey's dad, Drew goes to talk to him, and he's like, this Eve woman is kind of sus. And he's like, nah, she's just odd. And then... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then Eve starts cooking back at the house and she almost burns the place down. Uh she's like she's cooking like a sim with like level 1 cooking skills and like sets the place almost sets the place on fire cuz that's what happens in the sims. You got your level 1 cooking skills, if you don't start by having them read a, a cookbook and you just throw them into cooking, they will set the house on fire. Mm-hmm. Um and that's basically what she does. And uh, Casey then comes in and you know uses the fire extinguisher to put out the fire and Eve's upset because she's supposed to be a role model for girls and she's supposed to be able to do everything but she's realizing that she can't do anything and uh, Casey kind of talks to her about like yeah you don't need to be perfect and so they start to bond and Casey's like you know what Eve you're all right and um casey oh yeah yeah. i wrote it down casey's mom taught her it's not about being the best it's about trying your best and yeah they start to become friends and then suddenly eve starts psychoanalyzing her in a very um like profound way and says you know you need to let out your emotions and stuff and like you're pushing people away exactly and it's like whoa and then things start to really look up and then at this moment i immediately started to theorize i i wrote down you know is there going to be a moment where eve becomes a doll again or almost becomes a doll again or are we just going to skip that obvious plot development entirely and she's just going to be in their lives forever um which i was hoping it would kind of go that way Uh, i was getting invested at this point um But no, they do go. They do go the other route. Um, they do go the obvious route. So the Book of the Dead, Volume Two, Book of Awakenings, uh, showed up at the bookstore. It's now available. Um, so I was like, "Oh, here it comes. We're going down that path." And Eve finds out that the Eve doll is not selling well, and it's gonna get pulled back in two weeks because people are just not interested in the doll. And they do allude to this at the beginning of the movie when this little girl is like, I just want microchips. I don't want dolls. And so um, Casey is like, well, I'm not going to turn you back. You're my friend. So, like, don't worry about it. You know, the book is available now, but we don't don't need need to do anything with that. Um, And Eve is all distraught. And she's like, I'm not selling a well, so maybe I shouldn't be permanent. And I was kind of like, huh? Like, what do you mean? So I was kind—I of, was a little confused. Um, the movie, ta- I, you know, I might explain it. I'll explain it after I actually uh, yeah. explain what happens with the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, so Ben, uh, 
Casey is having this like big championship football game, and Ben, her dad, uh, can't make it because he's got to like broker this deal or something. And but then the people are going to be late, and he's like, you know what? The Super Bowl of seventh grade football is happening right now. I got to be there. I'm going to be there for my daughter. And so he goes, and he's jeopardizing his chances of making partner. But he's like, I got to get to that game, and I don't care. And Casey sees him at the game, and she is happy. They end up losing, um, and. You know, it happens. But before that, actually, uh, I got getting ahead of myself. Um, while they're at the game, Eve is walking down the street and she finds herself on clearance and she gets all depressed and she's like, ah, and it's implying that she's going to go cast the spell. Um, and then this is when I was like, maybe she's going to go turn, she's going to go find the book. And she's gonna turn all of the Eve dolls that are going on clearance <laughs> into real people. That would be so a horror movie. Get, so they don't get thrown in the trash. Because my whole thing was that I was like, if she wants to, if she's what? going on clearance and they're getting pulled back, if she turns back into a doll, then she's just gonna get pulled back and thrown into the trash. Um, like, so why would have, she do that? Let's just have all the tire bankses everywhere. Yeah. I, I straight up thought she was going on a crusade. And she was like, I'm going to get that book. I'm going to get all the dolls and I'm going to bring them to life because they should not get thrown in the trash. The movie does not go in that direction. Oh my gosh. Um, That's what I was going to say a second ago, but yeah. um, No, that's not, it's not what happens. Um, So Casey's team loses the championship, but it's okay because everybody's bonded and Eve like is watching it and she cries for the first time. And then she runs off to the museum and she figures out like where, the Eve doll is being displayed and she starts speaking the incantation for the spell to bring her back, which I thought was a little weird because they kind of highlighted the fact that she couldn't really read when they were at the restaurant. Um, but now she's able to read this whole, no, someone read it to her. Oh yeah. They say that in the movie. They do say that in the movie. She got someone to read it to her. (laughs) I mean, Hey, they accounted for it. Whether that was they plausible or good, or it doesn't matter. They accounted for it. They accounted for it in the simplest <laughs> way. Um, okay. <laughs> so Casey and Dad figure out where she went because, you know, she, Casey's concerned because she's like, if she does this spell, then it's going to become permanent, and I don't want it to be permanent. And, um, you know, if she doesn't go, then, like – or Eve is telling, like, they they find each other, and Eve is like, I've already done the spell, I have to go, because if I don't go, then there won't be an Eve anymore, which makes no sense to me, but they do explain it, but I'm like, I, I need to know what her methods were um, of fixing this, but um, she's like, I need to go back being a doll, they need me back in Sunnyvale, uh, okay, uh, and... Ben, meanwhile, you know, he's finding out that everything his daughter said about Eve being a doll come to life is true. And he's like, this is unbelievable. Okay, no, this is great, actually. He's like, this is unbelievable. I don't know what to say, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the most, like, subtle thank you. He's just like, okay, I mean, I guess it's happening. So, like, thanks, I guess. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I'm just like saving to Eve, saving her toy line was more important to her than being real. 
and turning all the Eve dolls into real people. Um, I see <laughs> where her priorities are. <laughs> was never an option. Um, so when she becomes a doll again, she gets remarketed to not have to be perfect. And then uh, everybody suddenly becomes interested in the Eve doll again. And then Casey becomes friends with her old friends again that thought that she should have moved on from her mom's death, which is kind of weird. Um, and then Thirsty Drew gets her man. Um, which, like, after this whole movie, if I were Drew, I'd be like, you were drooling over Miss Tyra Banks. Yeah. I don't want you anymore because you clearly didn't want me. You wanted this other woman. Like, no. Yep. <laughs> yep. But whatever that everybody's happy everybody's bonded and then they all sing the shine bright song in the museum uh setting and then the movie ends with like them singing the song and then a freeze frame of all of them like posed <laughs> and then it cuts to the credits and that's the movie yeah um so uh i i loved it i mean like <laughs> it's so it's so dumb but it's so perfect for talking about on the podcast. You know, like I love it when you assign me this stuff that's like, I'm a boy. Um, and I'm a I just, boy. I'm a, bo- I'm a man. And I did not grow up with this stuff. Um, so like, I don't I, like dolls. Like, what? <laughs> like there, are, there are certain things that like I did yeah. see growing up that were like made for girls, but I like just caught them because they were on, the, it was the only thing on the TV, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this was not one of them. I completely missed this one. So. Mm-hmm. Um, th- I mean, this was just, it was, it was really entertaining. It's really funny. It's so of its time. Mm-hmm. It's obviously there's like loopholes galore and that makes it like really fun to poke holes into, mm-hmm. um, like for the podcast. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it, like w- the whole description I just gave kind of speaks for itself. Like that, yeah. that was, that was a fun time. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, this is like. <laughs> my three ninjas right right <laughs> like because i had never in my life ever heard of three ninjas like yeah. it's something that i just never came across and also i grew up with all sisters so it's yeah. like none of us were looking at that kind of stuff yeah for so, yeah. for context three ninjas is a movie that came out in the 90s about three <clears throat> three brothers whose grandpa uh, teaches them how to be ninjas um and they're like three white kids and grandpa's <laughs> a Japanese man and he uh teaches them uh how to be ninjas and I I have two brothers and I always saw myself as the youngest of the three ninja brothers and um yeah so that was something I grew up with that we watched before we even made this podcast um yeah that's it's it's great yeah (laughs) like this was my version of that this was my whole if you were to tell me pick one thing from your childhood that represents your childhood like to a t i would either pick this movie or the cheetah girls like those two movies were my life i loved these movies um so yeah and i think this movie like really makes me interested in the new barbie movie like the greta gerwig one. Oh yeah yeah like when i first heard there's gonna be a barbie movie <clears throat> even though we sh- it's still kind of unclear what this like movie's about um and, like, Margot Robbie was going to play Barbie, and it was going to be, like, you know, Barbie as, like, a real person. I was, immediately was like, <gasps> my childhood is coming back, but, like, in present day, like, what is this going to be? Because it just immediately made me think of life size. And so I'm very, very excited. Like, I will for sure be going to see Barbie when it very first comes out um, in theaters. Because, yeah, I want to, like, relive this 
this childhood that I had. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, as far as my thoughts go, like, yeah, it's 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 great. If um, I would definitely watch it again, which feels weird to say, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. It's it's uh, it's not a hate watch. It's a like it's heartwarming. It's heartwarming and silly. It's just like fun. Yeah. It's like for like, us to watch together. I wouldn't watch yeah. it alone. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna come home and you're gonna be like, Eve's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um No, it's just like you know, like if we have daughters one day, like yeah. I'm or sons or son well sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I'm you know, and if they wanna watch this movie, I'm gonna be fully invested in it. Um Mm -hmm. because it's 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 fun time. Um yeah. So, um, if you're thinking about buying the DVD, uh, I highly recommend because this movie was not easy to find, oh and gosh. I can't disclose how I found a way to watch it. Um, <laughs> it's not even easy to find to like buy the DVD. Like yeah. the DVD is hidden as well. Yeah. Uh, which is wild. But yeah. Any other things about the movie you want to say before I get into facts? Uh, no. Uh, go ahead. Okay. Um, so I explained the kind of like weird IMDb situation. Um, but so some other facts. Lindsay Lohan actually did not audition for this role. Um, she was cast because she had a three picture contract with Disney <clears throat> after the success of The Parent Trap. Um, that sounds accurate. Yeah. And so for those three movies, she did Life Size. Um, she did Get a Clue. And I'm not. Saw enti- coming. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what the third movie is. I think. The next movie was Freaky Friday, so I'm thinking that's it. But she also that's does a Disney mo- movie. Yeah, but she also does more Disney movies. Like what? Kind of, um, she did Freaky Friday. She did Herbie. She did. Um, oh, she did Herbie she did, Fully Loaded. Yeah, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. I've seen that. Yeah. So I, but I since the next one that came out was Freaky Friday, I'm assuming that's like the third one. Yeah, I think you know part of now I'm really reflecting. Part of what made this extra entertaining was that it was. This is like the only Lindsay Lohan movie mm-hmm. that I have not seen. Mm. Like, you know, like there are so many Lindsay Lohan movies that came out at the end end of the 90s and the early 2000s. Yeah. And for some reason, I've seen every single one of these things except for this one. Even Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen? I've seen that. Wow. Yeah. There there's like a guy who's like a a music star or whatever and she's like you're a drunk or whatever. That happens, Ooh. right? I don't remember. I just remember the songs. That girl is a yeah. And Megan Fox is in it. She's upset that she didn't get the role. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. See, seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah. So Lindsay Lohan was popping in the Disney world. Um. So yeah, another just like fun, interesting fact. So they, as we've mentioned, every Eve doll has a unique serial number, um, and like a certificate of authenticity. Um, it turns out that all the dolls actually had the same number printed on their foot. Oh, that's, that's funny. <laughs> and so in the movie, they show a few a few dolls, and then Eve shows her foot, and it's actually the same number. They didn't change the number. So, like, all of them just had the same yeah. code? Oh, so my goodness. Sometimes they did not have a unique code of authenticity. <laughs> that's funny. Um, uh, oh, this is, like, a random fact, not necessarily specifically about the movie. But when I was looking for... Um, facts about the movie, or when I was looking for where we could watch the movie, 
I came across this article about Disney movies that you can't stream anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and two of them are like movies I really like and I just wanted to share them. One is um, My Date with the President's Daughter, which oh, I love that movie. That's a good one. I've seen I that. know. And I've been waiting for Disney Plus to put it on Disney Plus. It has not. Yeah, don't hold your breath. I know. She has this like pink dress that I absolutely still want to this day. Um, and then another one was Model Behavior with Alicia Silverstone. I don't know if you remember that one. It was like... Yeah, I've not seen that one. It was like two girls who looked the exact same. It was literally just Alicia Silverstone playing her, you know, yeah, the same course. person. And one was a supermodel and one was just like a regular teenager. And they swap okay. places to like experience each other's lives. Because the supermodel is like, I just want a normal life. And Sounds then, like know, the parent trap, but basically, with Alicia Silverstone. Basically. Okay. Um. So yeah, so there really wasn't much facts about this movie. I do have two questions for you, though. Hit me, Willem. The first one is, what was your favorite childhood toy that's not a video game? Uh, Power Rangers Megazord. It's easy. Mm, gotcha. I mean, hands down. That was my <laughs> dolls. You know, like yeah. you're playing around with your Barbie dollhouse. I actually and all did that. not play with Barbie. I did have Barbie dollhouse, but I used to put my brats in them. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I had my Power Rangers Megazords, and you know there were like each five things that you could put together into one big thing and mm-hmm. i had multiple of them so mm-hmm. you know i was playing out all kinds of mm-hmm. fictional stories in my bedroom with those things wow. i also had hot wheels mm, you are a hot wheels guy yeah <laughs> fun fact <laughs> perfectly transitions into what i assigned this week but we'll get to that oh interesting yeah um random fun fact about hot wheels and parker and you <laughs> um oh i don't we were- Okay, go on. This is going to be a real short tangent. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, this is funny. We were Zooming with a bunch of our friends, and we were showing our during YouTube. During the pandemic. Yes, during yeah. the pandemic. And I was like, oh, everyone expose your like YouTube histories. What have you been watching? And all of yours was just Hot Wheels videos. And we were like, what are you watching? <laughs> I, that day, was like, I was, I went into a rabbit hole of you know, like cool Hot Wheels YouTube videos of like tracks that people made in their houses and stuff. <laughs> Leave me alone. so funny. <laughs> we were like nothing behind and it became a joke in yeah, our whole it's, friend it's group. Yeah, it's a running joke. Yeah. <laughs> Literally the, the Hot Wheels video game uh, was put on Game Pass like a month ago or something and our friend Hector texted texted me to let me know. <laughs> like here's Hot Wheels. And he's like Hot Wheels is on Game Pass. Your favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Um, second question, and maybe it's the same answer for this question. Okay. If something from your childhood could come to life, what would you want it to be? Ooh, a Hot Wheels car. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. You could drive it. Yeah. The Megazord would, uh, cause too much attention Mm. with the government. So, um... (laughs) It would have to be, it would have to be a Hot Wheels car Mm. for sure. I had this one Hot Wheels car. It's, it was very speedy looking, you know, like (laughs) very, very fast looking. Yeah. Like literally shapes Mm. that just a normal car would not have. Mm -hmm. Um, just, just full speed. Mm. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Just like, just curves. Um, fantastic looking and a big spoiler at the end um that was like flat in the same level of the car it was like orange and yellow great stuff um yeah but realistically if i had that as a car it would not it would probably go straight great um Mm -hmm. but i don't know if it would be able to turn very well and given uh what i assigned you uh for this week um 
the actual ability to turn in a car is very appealing to me. So I don't know if I would want that specific car, but I like, I, I own that. I had that as like a toy for a very long time. Mm. Like I think if you go to my mom's house, there's like a box <laughs> with that, with that Hot Wheels in it. Gotcha. I'm almost sad. I don't have it. Wow. Yeah. I've had that car for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think I would also choose, I had this Bratz convertible mm. and it was so and it actually played the radio and like its lights actually turned on and you could hit the horn um i think i would choose that because it was such a cool like electric blue convertible or was what, it, was it, what do you call it electric blue it was like a pale blue yeah wait wait was this sorry was this like a like a little little car like that size or was oh, this like it was like to fit your doll it was big it was, oh, like, it was for your doll yeah okay. it wasn't yeah. like one of those things where the kid like gets in the truck oh and, like, drives it around no on i did sidewalk. have i did have a barbie jeep oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah i see here's the thing i did not have one of those my mom would not allow that <laughs> i was afraid of mine because it made a lot of noise um so i would drive it just like very short distances and then that was it my mom said i used to just get out and push it <laughs> but um i had a lot of barbie accessories like i had the dollhouse we had a jet we had i had my barbie jeep that i could drive i had a barbie cell phone but I never really played with Barbies. Like I would use all those things with my Bratz dolls because like Bratz were my love. Like I loved them so much. Mm. Like in fact, to answer this question at first, before I thought about the car, I was like, I would have, if I were a child, a kid and something were to come to life, I probably would have chosen one of the Bratz boys that I had. I'd be like, so he could be my boyfriend, <laughs> you know? He could take me on a date. Nice. Um, but yeah, but then I thought about the car. I was like, oh, that's better. That's better than a boy. <laughs> yeah, I I had, you know, I had the Hot Wheels, I had the Megazords, which were basically vehicles. Um, and I also had those, like, line racer things where it's, like, you'd put, it was, it was like, an electric thing. Like, mm. you'd put these tracks, these, like, plastic track pieces together, and you'd customize them into a, into a, a racetrack. Mm -hmm. And there would be, like, metal lines mm. on each of these pieces that would add, you know, they'd come together. And you could put two of these little like cars uh on it and you'd have like a there was it the metal would make contact and uh with the metal in the track like metal underneath the the car and then you just like you know go, hit go on your little device and they would just book it through this little mm -hmm. track that you made and you had to like slow down um mm -hmm. to make sure that you like didn't fall off the track and you could put loop-de-loops in it and stuff yeah so that's cool yeah I, i'm just saying that like that that was a thing that i had hot so, wheels i am, I am sponsor prepping. us that was not hot wheels okay that was not hot wheels but hot wheels are cool too sometimes um <laughs> but all of this to I'm, I'm i'm saying this all to uh you know prep for the next uh thing that we end up talking about because it's mm -hmm. all car related very true but um before we do that uh Anything else that we would like to say about yeah. Life Size? I'm all done, if you are. Okay. Um, well, it was great. Uh, if you ever come across an opportunity in life to watch this movie, uh, just know that that is actually a scarce opportunity. <laughs> so you should just go ahead and take it and watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a bummer. It's such a classic, you know? Yeah. Why are they all right let's transition yeah. what did i assign you yes so i got assigned a anime called initial d um initial d initial d <laughs> <laughs> yeah it came out in 1998 
Um, and I will probably have the world. Sh- this will probably be the shortest description of anything what? I ever give. All right. Um, Explain so it to me. I also only took notes on the first episode. What? We watched five episodes. And did anything happen in those episodes? Yes. Barely. A lot happened. Barely. All right. All right. Explain it. I'll fill in the rest. Okay. So um, at the beginning of the show, we get introduced to these two guys named Itsuki and Takumi. Um, and they're friends and they work together and they go to school together and itsuki is like really into cars he's like looking at a magazine and talking about cars and just yabbering on he's very annoying um he is indeed very <laughs> annoying he's pro- probably my least favorite character <laughs> yes and he's like we need to save up our money so we can get a car like i want a car i want a car i want a car um and takumi just like doesn't really care and he like doesn't seem to know much about cars and he's just like whatever he's a very kind of like hmm spacey yeah he's just kind of like monotone just like going about through motions like he doesn't really have much personality i guess um and so yeah and so they work at like a gas station together um and a co-worker of theirs races cars yeah ikatani yes um and so ikatani um it's like Let's them come in the car with them as he drives. Well, Ikatani is part of like a local uh, street racing crew. And they're yeah. called the Akina Speed Stars. Yeah. And so there's going to be a meetup tonight. And yeah. he's like, why don't you come with me? Yes. So he drives. And Takumi is like scared for his life. <laughs> um, and it's like, oh my gosh, stop driving so fast. Anyway, they get to their destination, they're hanging out, they're chilling, and all of a sudden, a bunch of these cool cars come riding up, um, very Fast and Furious style, you know? Um, And everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's the Red Suns, it's the Red Suns. And so... (laughs) We're laughing right now, if you're listening audio only, because I'm pointing to my shirt, which has the Red Suns logo on it. Yeah, yeah. And so... um, the Red Sons get out of the car, and it's basically these two brothers, the T- Takahashi brothers. Nice. There we go. Yeah, the Takahashi brothers. Yes, the Takahashi brothers um, get out of the car, and they're like, let's have a race, but we'll give everyone time to practice, so let's set it up for next Saturday. And so they're like, oh my gosh, Like we're going to race against the Red Sons. We got to practice. Um, so yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes. So basically, um, Ikitani, Ikitani, did I pronounce that right? Um, is going to practice for this race. Um, and he's just like not doing very well. Um, but meanwhile, there's this talk about somebody who owns an 8.6 who's the fastest driver and he's a tofu delivery boy, but like no one really knows who he is. Okay. <laughs> You're getting it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so. At the beginning, when Itsuki is talking to Takumi about cars, he's like, why don't we get an 8.6? And uh, Ikatani overhears them talking about the 8.6, and he's like, oh, you guys have good taste. I mean, it's an older car, but, like, you know, it's a good car. And, um, you know, they, they go to this meetup. The Takahashi brothers show up. That's uh, Keisuke and Ryosuke. Um, and Keisuke is going to do the race, and he... Uh, he he's the one that's going to be doing the race on Saturday, or I guess he volunteers to do the race on Saturday, and he drives a yellow Mazda RX-7 uh, FD. Meanwhile, 
Ryosuke's brother drives a white RX-7 uh, FC, which is the older version of the RX-7. Now, um, that night, like, you know, everybody's practicing and Ikatani's like, oh, well, you know, I'm probably going to have to represent the team, so I'm going to practice really hard. And he, you know, he's practicing and the Takahashi brothers are just observing, like, everybody on top of a hill and they're like, these guys suck. <laughs> um, <laughs> And that night, uh, Keisuke is driving his car through the mountains of the Akina, uh, Mount Akina um, mountain pass. Yeah. And somebody pops up in his rear window or in his rear mirror and like is keeping oh, yes. up with him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and that yeah. car is an 8.6. Yes. And it's like, it's an older car. And he's like, how is this old car keeping up with me? Yes. And in fact, he passes him. Like, they start kind of like racing. And the 8-6 wins. And so he's like, oh my gosh. And he's like, well, it's because I'm unfamiliar with the, the mountains. So, like, that guy was a local. He probably knew how to navigate it. But he's, yeah. Uh, there's this there's this famous part, and it's, and it's a meme as well, um, where the 8-6 passes him and then does an inertia drift which is like his tail end kind of pulls out and then he like bounces. Like he takes a right turn and his tail end kind of pops out and then he takes a sharp left turn and like the back side of his car bounces to the right side and he like takes that turn perfectly. And um, when KSK sees it, he's like, oh, Kansei Driftal? Um, and it's like, that's a, that's a meme. Uh, mm. Anyway, um, I just wanted to say that. But uh, um, you can explain from here because I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, basically, wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll explain the like when it comes to the race. But like, well, uh, give and I what I here's the part that I'm missing. I'm missing like there were like two older gentlemen who kept talking about. All right, I'll, I'll fill it in. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you know, Kesuke sees this car that passes him at night, and he's like, "What the heck was that? Who was driving that car?" What's up? So he goes to the gas station and he finds Ikatani and he's like, I don't know who it is, but somebody in your town is driving an old 86 and they are really fast and they need to represent you guys at the race on Saturday. And Ikatani's like, I don't know anything about this. And we find out that Ikatani's boss, Ikatani, Takumi, and Itsuki at the gas station that they work at, their boss is like, Oh, you know, this guy used to drive an 8.6, he, like, and he was the best back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't really, like, he still drives, uh, you know, at night sometimes because he's making tofu deliveries. Mm-hmm. And he calls up this guy, and that guy ends up being Takumi's dad. Yeah. And Takumi's dad is like, oh, actually, like, I don't make the deliveries anymore. Um, my son has been doing it as of five years ago mm-hmm. and it's like this kind of like cognitive dissonance of like wait what like takumi's doing is talk is is takumi the one doing it mm-hmm. um because takumi is super aloof about cars and doesn't seem to care at all mm-hmm. and so takumi then like wakes up in the morning because he has to make a tofu delivery um for his dad's tofu shop at like four in the morning and so Takumi gets up to make the delivery and his dad uh, pours a cup of water and puts the cup of water yeah, in, in a cup holder. In a like, cup holder. Don't spill he's it. like, make sure you don't spill it. And the point of his dad putting the 
cup of water in the cup holder is that like the tofu that he's delivering has water in it as well and they can't have it spilling because they're delivering it um but he needs to make the delivery fast and early at night and he has to go through the mount akina mountain pass um to get to where he's delivering it to every single night so uh he gives he basically he gave takumi the cup of water um to basically teach him to develop his driving style driving every single night um without spilling that water and by takumi just having that experience every single night of mm-hmm. driving and figuring out how to not spill the water he becomes the ultimate drifter on yeah. this mountain pass yeah and um <laughs> okay but he doesn't boast about it at all yeah i think i can take it from here okay um so yeah so now we know takumi is a great driver but no one else does um and so at some point uh takumi is at school and there's a girl and her name is mogi yes which like she's such a weird character and has a weird relationship with her dad that i won't get into but i (laughs) will get into actually um in your facts no not in my facts it's Uh just because I know you're not going to finish it, so I just need to clarify. <laughs> what can you clarify? Okay, I'll, let me set the tone real quick before you say what you got to say. Sure. Basically, so she's like this like rich chick. Um, <laughs> and the way she talks to Takumi and um, Itsuki, she's like, you guys have to work all these hours for no pay. Oh my gosh, that's so hard. And I'm like, girl. She's like, my dad just gives me that in like one day. <laughs> and I'm like... Oh, <laughs> so anyway, um, she always like she'll be in the car with her dad. I guess her dad's like taking her to school or whatever. And her dad is like, um, oh, I'll buy you a swimsuit. I love seeing you in swimsuits. And she's like, oh, dad, stop being gross. Like, it's so weird. All right. <laughs> Here's where I come in to clarify things. It doesn't make it much better, but um, she's not saying dad. She's specifically saying Papa. Which doesn't make it better. What? (laughs) So when you keep watching the story, all right, I do think that this is the most like useless aspect of the grand scheme of this show, Um, because this is the basically the girl that Takumi like has a uh, he develops like a relationship with. with. Um, So that is not her dad; it's her sugar daddy. It's an older man who owns a Mercedes that buys her stuff and he like is entertained by like giving her this, showing her affection by buying things and she's like nice to him and stuff. Okay, Um, see normally I would be like, go ahead girl, yes. But like the fact that she's a minor, gross, disgusting. They, They are... Like, they are, like, seniors in high school, I will say. It, no. Disgusting. I, I'm not saying it makes it better. I'm just I'm just trying to help clarify the situation. It's a weird... It's a... Okay. Like, like straight up. Like, it's a very... It's a very weird subplot. It's like, it doesn't even need to be there. That's no. what makes it even worse. It's no. like, who is this for? What, what is this serving? I don't... I don't know. It, it does come back later in the show. Um, yeah. Like... And I don't feel bad about spoiling this because you don't watch this show for this subplot. You watch the yeah. show for the street races because they're awesome. Um, and like basically, like 
at some point Takumi, somebody warns Takumi that like, Hey, she's got a sugar daddy and, um, yep. And he's like, what? And he finds out he gets upset about it and they have like a falling out and she stops talking to that older man. And then like at one point, this guy that like talk, this guy was like saying bad things about her in the locker room and Takumi like punches her or sorry. Whoop. Uh, my bad. Uh, punches. <laughs> what is the show? It's wild. So, no, this guy in the locker room is saying like bad things about her, and Takumi punches him. Um, and like later, this show has seasons, but they're all called stages. It's like first stage, second stage, third stage. But third stage is actually a movie, and in third stage. That guy that Takumi punched in the locker room, um, like, comes back and, like, there's this whole moment where he kind of, like, kidnaps Mogi a little bit, but then she, like, gets on the phone and calls Takumi, and she's like, help me, and he's like, oh, I'm pretty sure she's at the lake. Um, it was kind of weird, and he has to, like, drift through the snow to go rescue her, and he, like, rescues her and stuff from this guy, and then he's like, yep. But then he decides like not to get into a relationship with her because he just wants to race. But we're getting that's, beside yeah, the point. Yeah, that's way too much. The <laughs> I didn't need to know any of that. Yeah, and, and frankly, yeah. neither did I. Um, <laughs> anyway, we're introduced to Mogi. <laughs> there she is. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we we drove very far ahead into the plot. Um, yeah, but reeling it back in. Reeling it back in. Um, the Takahashi brothers are having a race at Mount Akina tonight, and they. They, they want the 8-6 driver to uh, go against Keisuke. Yes. But Wait, what are, you, what are you doing? I'm explaining. I'm go explaining ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I'm just I'm just reeling it back in. Yes. So Mogi um, is like, take me on a date to, <laughs> to talk to me. Um, and she's like, you like to drive, right? You can drive us around and we can go to the beach and like have a picnic or whatever. And so he's like, okay. So he goes to his dad and he's like, I need the car on Sunday. Sunday. Um, and his dad is like, no. <laughs> and he's like, come on, let me have the car. And so the dad is like, um, if you drive in this race, right? He's like, if you drive in this race, not only, and you win, um, I will let you have the car and I will give you a full game. Uh, tank of gas full tank of gas for your little yeah. you know shindig with this girl right um his dad previously found out about the race because ikatani was looking for whoever this mysterious 8-6 driver was because he didn't know who it was mm -hmm. but he knew that it was like a tofu shop owner um so he like had been bugging takumi's dad to like do this race yeah um so that's why his dad knew about it and he also like overheard from his friend who is their boss at mm -hmm. the gas station that takumi had like passed this rx7 um so his dad is like all right takumi's getting pretty good so i'm gonna push him even further because you know i'm a legend and stuff um he's like i'm gonna push him even further and i'm gonna make him do this race by yeah. basically yeah by bribing him with a full tank of gas and letting him have the car next the next day yeah um and so an event that happened that we haven't explained yet is um, Ikatani was practicing his driving and got into a really bad accident. 
Um, so now he can no longer drive. So Saturday rolls around the day of the race. Um, the Red Suns show up. The what it's what's the other team called? That the Akina Speed Stars. The Akina Speed Stars show up. Ikatani can't drive, so this other dude has to drive, and the other dude is scared. Yeah, <laughs> he's Ken- like, Kenji. oh my gosh, <laughs> he's like, I don't know if I can do this. They're like, yeah. you got this. Go ahead, and he's like sweating and everything. Um, talk. Takumi, sorry, I'm getting, I'm forgetting their names. Takumi hasn't shown up and the race is like about to start. Like everyone's in their little positions. They've already explained the rules, what's going to happen, what's going to go down. Um, and Ikitani is just hoping that this 8-6 rolls up, that Takumi shows up and he's like waiting and waiting. They don't see anything. It's not him. It's not him. And so the other guy, like all the guys who are racing, you know, they get in their cars, they're about ready to go. And then all of a sudden, here we see the 8-6 coming up. And we're like, oh, Takumi showed up. Woohoo, we're to see him race. So he shows up, he gets out of the car. They're like, oh, it's Takumi, oh my gosh. Um, they're like, that's the dude that's in the car. Wow. And so then they're like, race, let's do it. So they line up and they take off. Throughout the race, um, Takumi is behind... What, what's the brother's name? Keisuke. Keisuke. Um, and he's pretty much behind him. Very close, but like still behind him. the Almost the whole race. Yeah. Um, but it's intentional. It's At least it seems intentional. He's like, well, he has a plan. The, it's, it's, well, it's not necessarily that he, I mean, he does develop a plan. But the whole point is that like the 8-6 is like, for those that don't know what an 8-6 is, it's like a it's basically a Toyota Corolla that was made in the mid eighties mm. that became extremely popular because, uh, Ooh, I've got the guy's name, <clears throat> the drift King, Keiichi Suchia, the drift King of Japan, uh, popularized the eight, that, uh, the eight, six as a car. Um, and the manga is very loosely based on his exploits. Um, and so, like, the 8.6 is this, like, old car that was, became very popular because it was really, really good at drifting. But it's not a very powerful car. It's, like, a basic – well, not basic, but, like, it's a it's a Toyota Corolla from the mid-'80s. Um, and Case uh, K is driving, like, a, an RX-7, which is, like, one of the most famous Japanese sports cars, like, ever. Um and so he's got the horsepower advantage. So like every time there's a straight line, Keisuke is just taking off. But then every time there's turns, Takumi is catching up to him because Takumi is hauling it through these through these corners. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's like that's why like Takumi doesn't really have a chance to ever get in front of him because his car's just not fast enough. Mm. But uh, go go on. Yeah, but. What gets him past, what's the brother's name again? I'm sorry. Keisuke. <laughs> what gets him past Keisuke is this little trick move where he puts his tire, there's like, and this can only work on, what's the mountain called? Mount Akina. Mount Akina. It can only work on Mount Akina because there's like a little ditch at some point um, on the road. In the middle of the turn. Yeah. Like and, on the inside part of the turn. Yeah. And so um, Takumi at some point puts his wheels like the side wheels in the ditch and it like 
propels him basically. Yeah, he like uses the centrifugal force and like propels his car through it because his car is basically on rails. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So it propels him, and so he ends up getting in front of. um, I'm sorry. One more time. Keisuke. Keisuke. I keep forgetting their names. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. (laughs) He gets in front of him. Um, And so ultimately by the end of that episode, he wins. And Keisuke is really upset about it and is like, oh, my gosh, he beat me. Like, what the heck? And he doesn't understand what happened. He doesn't know why Takumi was able to get in front of him. And his brother goes up to him and is like, I know exactly what he just did and explains the trick to him. And is like, that's why he beat you. Um, and so I'm going to assume, because this was kind of like the la- one of the last episodes that we watched, or the last episode. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to assume it's like going to be a constant battle between Keisuke and Takumi, um, or at least these reds. Well, now and now the brother's like, I have to raise him. Like, I need to be him. Yeah, I mean, from there, where the story goes is that like other street racers uh, challenge Takumi, and Takumi ends up beating them. It's like he goes against a uh, Nissan GTR uh, Skyline, which is like a very fast all-wheel drive car that does not drift. There's like another guy who is like, let's do a duct tape death match, which is like where you have to duct tape your right hand to your steering wheel, which makes it really hard to turn through the corners because you can't really like turn the wheel very much. Um, so like they, he gets into a bunch of different like races with mm-hmm. a bunch of different local drivers and it all leads up to the end of the first stage, AKA season one, where he goes against Ryosuke. Um, and they have like, you know, the greatest drift race of all time. Um, and you know, Takumi ends up winning and then, um, from there, like, you know, the second season explores like. You know, Takumi ends up going against somebody who beats him, and he also blows out the engine, and he has to get the engine replaced, but then he becomes even faster once he gets a new engine, and then there's, like, you know, all this... base, And then, like, Ryosuke, who is, like, basically the head of the Red Suns, has this whole dream of... And he literally calls it Project Dream. Or, no, he calls it Project D, but uh, the D in Initial D stands for Dream, we find out. Um... And he has this idea of the, like of creating Project D, where he gets like you know the best street racers to do to basically like take over to like show up at every single mountain pass that has like a local team and challenge them and beat them um, by doing like the uphill and the downhill. So the so he recruits Takumi to do the downhill uh, race because like the eight six is perfect for the downhill because it's got like gravity to its advantage. And then he gets his brother Keisuke to do the uphill battles because his RX-7 has, like, the horsepower advantage. Um, so fourth stage of Initial D is all about Project D and them going and, like, teaming up, uh, the two of them, to then take on, like, all these different, like, extremely fast drivers at, you know, in other uh, areas. And that's, like... The, the whole that's what the whole show focuses on them meeting people developing like some kind of relationship with that person and then playing up their dynamic and then having a race kind of like a, a rocky movie you know um where they have a boxing match at the end but <laughs> in this case they have a drift race at the end yeah yeah so my thoughts on this show <laughs> <laughs> my thoughts on this show i had a really hard time with this show I 
couldn't care less about cars. Let me start with that. <laughs> I couldn't care less about cars. I have never seen any of the Fast and Furious, at least through completion. I've seen parts of Tokyo Drift and that's about it. I just like, I don't know. It's like when people talk about cars, my mind blanks. And I just like, I'm thinking about a million other things. I'm going to be honest. As you were talking about that, I was thinking about ASL. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, just now? Yes. <laughs> and it's like, I, it's something I just can't control. It's like, it's like t- car talk is a whole other language to me. Yeah. And I just zone out. And then I'm like, I don't know what they just said. And they mentioned a lot of things. And I don't know what four wheel drive means. And I don't know what this means. And I don't know what that means. Like, I just know I have a car that goes from point a to point b and i know how to change the tire and i have to go get my oil changed like that's all i know i understand um so yeah so i just like i found this show very boring (laughs) um we started watching it at night which was fine and i felt like i was keeping up but why i struggled with explaining the second half of the show is because we watched it early in the morning and i was like trying not to fall asleep like it was just like it was putting me to sleep like i just could not Mm. do it Mm. um and so i got lost but then at the same time i was like well nothing really happened like nothing happens it's just a matter of like when will they figure out like takumi can drive and like that was it was just such a it was so simple and i was just like the show's too simple like it's, it's it was just too simple it's no it's extremely simple and yeah. it's, it's formulaic it's just like yeah it's just about getting to the parts where they race and then yeah. making the races as fun as possible yeah but even the race at least this first race it felt like the same clip being shown over and over and whoa, over whoa, 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 until whoa. he does a little trick and then it's like oh something new and then like he finishes but like essentially He's just trailing behind him. They make a turn. They both go, and then trailing behind him again. They make a turn, and like it just kept doing that like five times. And then finally, he gets to a point where he can do his little trick thing. He goes forward, and it's like, okay, done. See, the difference here is that you just don't find that interesting, and I see that, and I think that's awesome. But it's the same thing over and over. No, it's no, Uh, no. What made every single drift different? I mean, nothing. They're just <laughs> they're just beautiful to watch. <laughs> but you you understand my point, and that I, no, I, it's I, I a underst- repetitive. Yes, theme, I, I understand your point, but like the exhilaration of being able to actually do that is just like it's too impressive. It's too cool. <laughs> it's the greatest thing that one could ever learn how to do. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know what it is in my DNA yeah. that just gets me so fired up about it. But it's like, oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. I just, it's just not for me. And that's okay. Um, some things I did like. Okay. I really like the opening and end credits. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the end credit because it is weird and it's very fun to watch. Like, that was, I was more entertained by the end credits. Every time it was the end of the episode, I was like, ooh. <laughs> because it's just, it was like a weird music video and I just thought it was so entertaining. So, the opening and end credits for this show uh, were done by this Japanese band called MOVE. Mm. And they do the theme songs through the whole show nice um it's fun fact got you um a second thing i like and also is a question of mine 
Um, so every time they, well, when they're driving, they always show a clip of them, like, pressing on the pedals. And yeah. everyone's wearing, like, New Balances. <laughs> yeah. And I really liked that for some reason. I don't know. I just liked seeing their New Balances. And so then I was like, was there some sort of partnership? Are New Balances, like, a Japanese brand? Like, what is, like what's the deal with that? I, unfortunately, I don't know. I, I had a note, literally, my second note here is look into New Balance, and yeah. I forgot to look into New no, Balance. No, it's the one thing I wanted to know. Yeah. I was hoping to learn. What I did learn, so like the New Balance thing did not come up, but what I did learn was that the show in the first season-ish did not have the rights, did not have the, like the license for each of these individual cars brands so they were able to depict the cars but not the brands of the cars themselves mm. so they you know every time they're talking about these cars they're not saying oh that's a toyota or that's a mazda mm -hmm. or that's a nissan um they're just referring to the cars by what the car is mm -hmm. um and uh but the shoes that they're wearing are very clearly got a big n, n on, on them. it yeah so, and they're like visual like aesthetically it's like the new balance like you know it's new balances yeah they just visually look like new balances um so i don't even know how to combine all that information into a synthesized <laughs> hypothesis i just i don't yeah. i don't know yeah i think the the creator just must have really liked new balance shoes or something i get it yeah they're not bad um so what did what did you think of the animation of the cars? Um, uh, I thought it was weird. So, okay, first about the animation. One thing I love about the opening credit scene is it reminds me of like the Sonic intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just so silly. Um, I I love like the sound of the theme song, like mm -hmm. of the first season of the show, mm -hmm. like compared. Like uh, juxtaposed with like the darkness of night mm -hmm. um, while watching it is such a vibe for me. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, like it comes on, it's like doom 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 doom. Oh no, it's, sorry, that's that's the wrong song. <laughs> but it's it's kind of like that. Um, yeah, it is kind of like that. I know. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching. Like I said, like the opening and the end credit scenes were my favorite part of this watching the show. So, um, yeah, what did you think of the animation of the cars? And what did you also think of the, the music that plays during the races? Um, I don't remember the music. You know, I'm not a music person. That's I don't fine. really pick up those things. In terms well, of I have the, a whole bunch of notes on the music. Yeah. In terms of the animation of the cars, I thought it was cool, I guess. Um, well, can we describe what the animation of I, the cars was like? I cannot. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like, it's just... Okay. cars the wheels don't the wheels moving like the wheels feel like different a different style of animation than the actual car itself like the body of the car okay so i guess what i'm trying to get at is that um you know anime is typically hand-drawn right mm -hmm. like it's 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 a 2d flat medium right yeah. um but that would have been a lot of work to hand draw all of these like car races so uh, what they did was that they they 3D animated it. And because this show came out in 1998, the animation for these cars is... It looks like PlayStation 1 graphics, mm. which I love. Mm -hmm. um, I think that is, like... It's it's very nostalgic to like to for yeah. me to look at and be like, 
oh man, like that animation is bad, but it's great for how bad it is. So they did that with the environment too then. Yeah, yeah. The environment, the environment very much looks like a well, video yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. The environment, like around, like during those car scenes, like you see the grass and stuff and it's just like a flat it's like grass texture. Like- yeah. <laughs> it like not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like they'll show the character uh, like in the 3D modeled car yeah. and the character just looks like a 2D cutout of a person, you know, sitting <laughs> yeah. in the car, yeah. um, which is hilarious. It's uh, like, you know, when you get, like you're playing a video game, especially an old one, you get stuck behind some, like a, a wall or something and it's like a weird pixelated, like big color <laughs> does that make you know what i'm talking about not even a little bit oh my gosh okay well like like your clip like the camera is clipping through the wall i don't know what something. that means uh like when let's one say... object goes into another object no, i don't i yeah i guess so i guess it's like your character your character's like in a like you're like stuck behind a bush right yeah, yeah, and then yeah. it like makes it, it like it looks like you zoomed in like into oh yeah, this, yeah, 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 yeah that's what the environment looks like yeah <laughs> the grass looked like oh okay um well <laughs> yeah so because like this was made yeah it was made in 1998 so the cars just look like that for each consecutive season the animation gets progressively better mm. um and, i hope yeah and, and it's it it gets to a point where it it almost looks 2d but it, it still is 3d animated um so yeah um as far as the music goes um so this show is practically synonymous with the Eurobeat genre um so all of the background music during the races in this show is Eurobeat music by like italian music artists and it is a very specific sound that you don't hear anywhere else you literally only hear this genre while watching initial d Mm -hmm. and that is like to the point that it became it's become a meme like mm-hmm. the whole genre basically has become a meme like initial d's music is a meme and people who know that meme or know the show know what it is so like one time when i rewatched this show um a couple of years ago i was like i was driving somewhere late at night mm-hmm. and i was listening to Eurobeat music from Initial D super loud and I was at a stoplight and these guys, like a bunch of guys in a car rolled up next to me and they had their windows down and they could hear my music and they were like, yo! And I was like, hey! Like, you know, and I just kind of like took off really fast and that was like, that was like a moment between drivers that was like, you know, I know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... All right, so I'm like, yeah, the music goes hard. I love it. Like, the the music, the late 90s animation style, like, just with the, the hand-drawn animation and with the, the bad 3D animation and just, like, the general, like, late 90s anime vibe. Like, for me, it's, like, a perfect recipe. And, like, this story, like, is kind of... It's, like, a formative story, like, for me. Like, when I was in high school... I, my first exposure to Initial D was uh, my brother, like, he drove me to and from school because he was two grades above me, and one day his friend lent him Volume 1 of Initial D, like the manga, and so he had it in the car, and he was driving us home, and I basically, like, read the manga in the car on the way home, and I was like, what is this? Like, I had never heard of it, I had no idea what it was, I just, like, it was in my lap, 
And so I just read it and I was like, this is like really cool. Like I got like fired up. Like I'd seen Fast and Furious movies. I'd seen Tokyo Drift. Um, but I never particularly thought cars were cool. But when I, as soon as I read this, I was like, this is the coolest thing. And it like from, it just kind of like took off for me from there. Like all of my interest in cars, like originated from that specific moment. And like, I, I read the first three volumes of the manga, found out that there was an anime um, my brother, his friend, and I would go to the local library and rent the DVDs for this anime, and we would watch it. And fun fact about <laughs> fun fact about the localization of that manga and of that anime that we watched, like that we watched the dub in English, and at that time, um, Initial D when it was first localized. It was localized because there were these arcade machines for Initial D that came over to the West, and there was a name limit, uh, like a, a character limit for the characters' names um, that they could display on the screen. Like in Japanese, that's not a problem because they can have shorter characters, uh, like you know, less characters that you know represent like uh, phonemes and stuff. Um, but when it's all typed out in English, it's like a longer, it's more characters. So they, they couldn't fit those in. So they shortened the characters' names. Um, and because they shortened those characters' names in the video game, which was like the first localization of the property, they then transferred those names over to when they localized the manga and uh, the anime. So Takumi, instead of being Takumi, was, they, they said his name was Tak. Um, or Tak, and Itsuki was Iggy, and Keisuke was KT, and Ryosuke was Rai, and Ikatani was, this is my favorite one, Ikatani was Cole. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> they just gave him a full English name. <laughs> Lame. Um, so, like, my first experience with watching this anime was this original English dub that everybody was like Tak and Iggy and you know, KT and Ryan Cole. And, um, it was like comparatively bad, uh, to like, we watched the subtitled version, um, because the original, the original localization of this, they changed all the names. The voice acting was like, not that great. And they really tried to Americanize it so that it could be on TV. So the company, that originally did that, they, um, it's called, it's this company called Tokyo Pop. Don't worry, this will get interesting in a second. You look very bored. Um, <laughs> it, uh, they took out all of the Eurobeat music from the original Japanese version and they replaced it with rap and hip hop music. Um, and, and the, like that opening that you really liked, um, they, re they recorded a new song over that and it was this guy, that was like, start your engines, drive with the vengeance, gasoline dreams, and it's um. So all of the music that they replaced was done by one guy, DJ Milky, and turns out DJ Milky was, I kid you not, the CEO of Tokyo Pop, the company that distributed and licensed the show, 
and he is like this white man that lives in Northridge. Um, he also made music, and so he did he did the music for the show, which is like bold move. Um, but that did not pan out because Funimation then got they acquired the license, and they just they did they redid the entire dub completely in two thousand nine with all the original names, all the original music, and now the show is like as we know it today with like the original depiction of what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But there was this weird gap of time of like 11 years where it was like tack and KT and like just all this like non-Eurobeat music made by like one guy who was the CEO of the company distributing it, which is like mm-hmm. such a weird thing to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of something <laughs> like a thought nothing to say it's about weird. that <laughs> I don't know. it's just it's weird to me to like americanize something yeah and like think that that will make it more appealing it's like no <laughs> like well, i want i want the content in its original form yeah. you know well, that's so that's a very like 2000s way of thinking mm-hmm. especially with like anime mm-hmm. like there's a there's kind of like a gag um where like certain anime would get localized in the west in like the early 2000s or the 90s and they would yeah they like change people's names to be like these american names rather than their like authentic japanese names or there's like a running gag where like somebody would be eating um like rice balls or something and they'd be like oh i gotta go get my hamburgers uh, um just, and it's like these the super like on the nose stuff that's like no and i'm really glad that like things have shifted away from doing mm-hmm. that but it's kind of like you look back on it and it's just so ridiculous mm-hmm. and so like yeah people meme the stuff out of you know mm-hmm. the times that that has happened in uh mm-hmm. anime history yeah um okay let me uh let me run through my other facts here um da, 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 da. okay uh there all of the locations in the show are based on real places um as i mentioned earlier keiichi Tsuchiya, the drift king of japan he popularized the ae86 um, the manga is very loosely based on his exploits, and he also had a cameo in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. He was one of the fishermen while the main character was learning how to drift. Um, the show has spawned numerous seasons and arcade games. I used to go to the, the, my local mini golf place called Golfland, and in there they had an arcade and they had an initial D machine, and that was like the most exciting thing ever for me. Um, and to this day, if I'm ever at an arcade that has an initial D machine, I will play it because, like, you just you just have to. And you, you got to try and become, you know, the ultimate uh, drifter on the mountain pass. Mm-hmm. Um, Is it one of the, like, driving games? Yeah. So, like, because in high school, I thought this was so cool, but also, like, nobody knew what initial D was. Um I thought like I thought I was cool for liking this, you know. I wanted to be a drift racer so bad. I thought that would have been like the coolest thing. Um, and no, yeah, nobody knew what it was except for me, my brother, and his friend who introduced us to it. And so, like, 
the three of us together would like fantasize about starting our own drift team. And like, I lived in the hills and the street that I lived off of was this long street in the mountain called Magdalena. And we would joke like, oh, I'm taking the Magdalena downhill tonight. Um, and <laughs> you look like you're about to laugh. <laughs> um, and we had this idea, and it was, it was all like for fun, but we had this idea of like, oh yeah, what if we, we started our own drip team? We called it the Valco Primaries, um, where Valco was the name of one of our local malls in the Bay Area that was like perpetually in a state of going out of business <laughs> um, in Cupertino, California. Um, and so we had this idea of like the Valco Primaries, just because Valco like kind of had this like nostalgic name for us. Um, and we call it the Valco primaries because each of us would like drive our own different colored car. That was like a primary color. Um, <laughs> and I even got some of my online Xbox friends at the time, um, really into that idea too, of like a drift team. So we tried to like form our own drift club in Forza Motorsport three on the Xbox 360. Um, with the Valco primaries idea as well. Um, I even made a logo in the game and everything uh, and put it on all of our cars. And I was the yellow car. Um, good times, like really, wow. really good times. And yeah, the show just like really lit up all interests that I have in cars. Um, so like Forza motorsport games still come out on the Xbox and like, I do enjoy like the basic just like racing in those games, but every time a new one comes out, I play it enough to where I can upgrade a whole garage of cars and tune them to drift. And then I just drift them a lot and then I get bored and then I stop until the next Forza game comes out. Um, and it's always like the same catalog of cars that I pick out every single time and like i don't really i don't know how they keep making these games honestly because the gameplay is always the same mm -hmm. you know they've made it as good as they possibly can to simulate real life physics um but every time a new one comes out and i play it i pick out you know i pick out the rx7 i want to drive the 86 <clears throat> the new games the new forza games have actually turned the 86 into like a unicorn car so it doesn't just come like available you have to like get it through a special event or something but i my first forza game was forza motorsport 2 and when i saw like when i picked up forza motorsport 2 for the first time having all of this like interest from initial d about like drift racing and stuff um and i saw that they had the 86 and the rx7 and the gtr and all of these awesome cars from initial d i was like head over heels in love i I played it a ton. I painted all my cars and everything. I, you know, I really wanted to like, you know, I was just like playing up this idea of like, oh, becoming a drift racer. I like, I watched YouTube videos on how do you drift in Forza. Um, I learned all about like, you have to turn off traction control and stability management. And if you're really trying to be cool, you turn off your anti-lock braking system. You have to be using manual. In a Forza Motorsport 3, they introduced manual with clutch. And if you're a real one, you'll use the manual with clutch setting. And I got so into it. Like I bought, I bought like the steering wheel extension for the Xbox 360. And I like with the pedals and the steering wheel and everything. And I like, would watch videos on like how to drift and I would try to learn how to do it. And I never 
got it down with the steering wheel, but I played the game so much that if you give me a controller, I could do it perfectly. Um, and I, that all of that just stemmed from this awesome idea of like being the ultimate drift racer on the mountain pass, like late at night amongst all of the other people that are like super into cars and stuff because of initial D. Whew. And that's, that's my piece. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Bet you didn't know all that. Nope. But like even this shirt, like the red suns, like this is, it's a white shirt with the, with the red text. Um, this is the logo that's on Ryosuke Takahashi's RX seven in the show. Um, and like when I wear this shirt in like California, we live in Virginia. People don't really know what this is. Um, but like, I wore the shirt one time in California and like people know what that is. Not everybody, obviously, but like certain guys will see my shirt and be like, Whoa, cool shirt. And like, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's subtle. It just says red suns. Like, what does that mean? But real ones know. And it's like, Ooh, initial D fan. Nice. Mm -hmm. Fellow drifter. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Anyway, that is everything I had to say about Initial D. Thank you for listening. Nice. Yep. Let's do our assignments. Let's do our assignments. Uh, Would you like to go first? Sure. I'm going to assign you Open Water. What's that? A shark movie. Really? Yes. Cool. I figured um, it is my spring break next week. I'm not going anywhere, but the idea of a beach sounds nice. But then I was like... Well, I've given you all these like lighthearted stuff. Let me give you something a bit scary. Okay. And this is like an actual good movie. Like it feels plausible. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. When did it come out? 2000 something. Okay. No, I don't know. All right. I look forward to that. Yeah. Um, okay. So. 2003. Sorry. Gotcha. According to you, every movie or property that I've been assigning you has either been depressing dark uh or boring or problematic or problematic (laughs) so you requested that i give you a short simple movie that's lighthearted. yes (laughs) so i went back and forth between a few things i found some things that were just kind of like dumb and funny but then i found one that was kind of like it's silly and heartwarming at the same time um and I'm pretty sure you know what this movie is. It's called Be Kind Rewind. Never heard of it. Never heard of it? Mm-mm. Jack Black and uh, Yasin Bey? Nope. No? Perfect. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think uh, I'm looking forward to that. I, I like that movie. Mm-hmm. So next week, it'll be Be Kind Rewind and Open Water. Yep. All right. Sorry for how long this episode was. It's <laughs> one of the longest. But we'll see you next week. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And have a great week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.